Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ah. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest-growing movie podcasts in the world where we discuss all things film. In this episode, we discuss the latest movie news from January 3rd to January 9th. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. And this is James. Let's go over some movie news this week. There's actually a lot to talk about, but let's start off with the box office. So obviously, Spider-Man No Way Home is still dominated. It made $56 million last weekend, still killing it, still number one at the box office. It made $8 million on Friday, just on a daily, so it's still just the top movie in the world. Sing 2, $20 million. The King's Man, $4.6 million. American Underdog is $3.9 million. The Matrix Resurrections, $3.8 million. There are a couple new releases as well. The Tender Bar opened up mostly on Amazon Prime, but also in some select theaters, so I couldn't find any box number, box office numbers on that. And then the 355 opened up with a $1.7 million Friday at 3,100 theaters, projected for an opening of about $4 million on a budget of $75 million. It's pretty underwhelming, but you know maybe that'll make a little extra money. But we'll see maybe $20 million max total. Whatever, it's going to be a loss of $100 million. Big time because that was that at that's least. a big that's like really well yeah probably with marketing and everything yeah and they're they're splitting the box office with theaters yeah so, so. Th- that came out yeah uh, the tender bar also not a ton of great reviews on that either I think those both just you know like like you Poor, always say yeah. Movies go to die in January yeah. when they come out. So the tender bar, I think that's like 30% Rotten Tomatoes. Not a ton of great ratings. 355 is somewhere similar. 99% of the time, you shouldn't trust a movie that comes out in and, January. And George Clooney's been just making a couple duds recently. He's, like made, I, he's made a bunch of duds. I love yeah. The Eyes of March, but man, he hasn't made like a really good movie since probably. Yeah, I, his movie Confessions of a Dangerous Mind with Sam Rockwell is really good too. But he's been on a streak of, I mean, very mediocre, mediocre films. Yeah. yeah, like the tender bar, like they're, it looks okay. And the I Matt, love Ben, but the like, one with Matt Damon was pretty good with Julianne Moore, but it was it was just okay. Is that the one with the Monuments Men? No, it was Julianne Moore and uh, Suburbicon. Suburbicon. Okay, but Suburbicon was I was I thought that was underwhelming. Yeah, and then the Monuments <laughs> Men was underwhelming as well. So I think he's just 
you got to get a better script or something. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, first bit of news, obviously, the passing of Sidney Poitier. Uh, he won Best Lead Actor in 1963 for Lilies of the Field and also an honorary Oscar in 2002. He's just an icon in cinema history, and he's one of the greatest to ever do it. And it's so unfortunate, but he lived a very long, fulfilled life. He lived to 94, I believe, when, when mm-hmm. he passed. 94. And, you know, Betty White just passed away at 99. So those are very long lives, and we can all hope to be as lucky and live as fulfilled a life as especially Sidney Poitier. Absolutely. We also want to wish a very happy birthday to our fan, Phil Portella. Happy birthday, pal. Thanks for tuning into our show. And then there was the Harry Potter reunion, which we saw on HBO Max, the return to Hogwarts, which was a really fun documentary to watch all these cast members getting together, um, moving throughout the sets and even interviews in the sets. Like the main trio, they were in, they had like a little like podcast s discussion, like chat. It looked like in it was the, in, in Gryffindor common yeah. room. And it was just really terrific to see everyone. Yeah, it was very emotional too. You know, it's, it's very nostalgic. But then to see all the actors who have passed, who, you know, in, throughout the years, you're like, oh my God, this person passed away, this person passed away. You know, Richard Harris, Alan Rickman. Then you remember Helen McCroy. So many people who are tremendous actors and huge integral parts of the story are gone, are gone too soon. So it's really emotional. I had a blast watching it. But it seemed like if you didn't like it, like go to the reunion, they cut whatever you actor you were talking about you in yeah. terms of like I didn't hear about Michael Gambon uh, David Thewlis didn't really didn't yeah, get Lupin up. didn't get mentioned a yeah. lot of actors uh, I, yeah. they didn't bring up uh, what's his name who plays Professor Flitwick uh, Warwick, Warwick Davis, Warwick, Warwick yeah. Davis. Yeah. who so, had like m- multiple roles yeah in he was series. a huge part of the, yeah. of the film so like I think if you didn't go to the reunion they were like we're not gonna Mention, we're going to cut anyone mentioning you, which seemed a little odd to me. And also, Emma Watson absolutely destroyed Rupert Grint. A little bit, accident. a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I think it just came out different than what what I, was what she was meant. Yeah. I think they all thought the same thing. They're yeah. all like, yeah, we've, we've talked about this before, how the kisses were terrible. But, you know, it was pretty funny to watch. But <laughs> it was a really great experience. I liked, I liked watching it a lot. But um, also, speaking of Ben Affleck, he recently reflected on Joss Whedon's Justice League calling it awful he said it was the worst experience it was awful it was everything that i didn't like about this that's just his quote um he also said it contributed to his divorce from jennifer garner back in 2017 wow i doubt anyone will ever i don't think joss whedon will ever make another movie again it doesn't seem likely probably not all the because gal gadot said that he he was horrible to her same thing with the other actors from that set and sounds like he's just like a stubborn tyrant on sets of movies. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, seems like a kind of a jerk to work with. Yeah, absolutely. All the news different, and then we hear about the Buffy the Vampire Slayer stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a great guy. Nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben Affleck has been in a lot of movies, so I think he would know. Um, and to, for him to say that was his like probably the worst experience out of like what does he have like fifty credits maybe more easy. That's some that's really saying something. Plus directing and yeah. screenwriting and producing so many projects. Mm-hmm. And now uh, for Black Adam, we have an update on Dwayne Johnson's new film, and um, they released a behind-the-scenes image revealing that they are filming a really intricate behind-the-scenes effect. It requires 10 hours of him sitting in the egg, which is a shooting uh, area, and they're making an extremely complicated sequence where he can only move his eyes, head, and shoulders while focusing on marks no bigger than a quarter, all while performing at the same time, so... I, I like this aspect. They're not doing. It doesn't seem like they're going to be doing a lot of CGI of Black Adam. It looks like it'll be actual footage of Dwayne interacting as the superhero, even in the complex CGI scenes. Well, this is the situation that you know they did with Benjamin Button, and we talked mm-hmm. about actually in the last episode. What, what was the recent episode we did that was CGI heavy? 
something uh, where they're doing the yeah. face capturing avatar avatar so this was that technique where you're sitting in this giant box full of light and cameras and they're they're capturing every single intricacy that your face could possibly make performing doing lines and everything like that so that they can go back and fix it if they have to add new lines if they have to without having to go to set and set everything back up and it's just super advanced cgi technology and i'm sure they'll be able to use a lot of these these cgi pickups that they're creating for you know a CGI shot of him flying through the air and just put his real face yeah, on the character. Yeah, it'll really look like yeah. him. So it's yeah. really advanced stuff. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, rather than just a completely CGI animated uh, version of him. So, like, his body yeah. flying through the air will be animated, but his face will actually be Dwayne's face, yeah. which is it's incredible stuff. No, he'll really be flying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like he can fly. There's nothing he can't do. <laughs> and then uh, Amazon's TV series, I Know What You Did Last Summer, was has already been canceled after one season, and they will not be returning next summer. I could have told you this just from the trailer they released. It was it looked like absolute hot garbage. Yeah, it did. I'm sure it was hot garbage, and they probably didn't get yeah. a lot of streams. Yeah, and, so, you know, so. It, it, again, you don't need to keep making these TV, these properties into TV series. Come up with a new idea. Yeah, uh, Rooney Mara was actually just cast as Audrey Hepburn in a biopic from director 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 <laughs> Boston came out. Wicked, wicked the cool director, director. Luca Guadagnino, uh, the Italian director behind Call Me by Your Name, and this is going to be. Coming, I think they start filming at the end of this year, so I can't wait to see it because Luca's a great director. I can't wait to see his new film with Timothy uh, about cannibals. Bones. Bones. Bones and all. Yeah, Bones and all. Yeah, yeah that's, that looks like it's going to be pretty wild. But, um, yeah, this is really cool news. Rooney's I, phenomenal. We just saw her in Nightmare Alley. I wonder what the story will be because I don't, I can't recall anything, like, crazy going on in her life um, outside of making movies, but... I'm sure it will be interesting because he's I'm such sh- a fantastic director. I'm sure there's some stuff you never heard of. Yeah, yeah, probably. I-, I wonder if they'll have the little deer she had. She had a pet deer. True. Yeah. Well, it's like how Sasha Baron Cohen wanted to make the bo- he wanted to make the Freddie Mercury film centered around Freddie Mercury, but Queen the band wouldn't let him do it. That's why that project never worked out with him being Freddie Mercury because he mm-hmm. wanted to tell like the true story of Queen and like their parties and the wild lifestyle of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, but and, they're like, no, we're, we want to protect our music. And Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. ended up being very tame. Yeah, compared it, to compared the life to like they the lived. stories of yeah. Freddie Mercury, you should look up some stuff. It's yeah. pretty wild. All he did was hold hands with another guy in that movie. <laughs> it's, crazy. I, it's a great movie, but like they did not. It was not an accurate portrayal of Just Freddie Mercury. Google the parties that yeah. Queen had and Freddie Mercury had in his house. Yeah. It blow your mind. Yeah, um, Morbius got pushed back by three months. So this was supposed to come out in January, then recently got pushed back all the way to it's April, right? Or May. 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 Or three. No, so three. April. So April. April, yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long year. Which, you know, oh my God, Morbius got delayed by three months. Oh! Dude, I honestly, I really care I'm, that much. Uh, <laughs> it looks all right, I guess. But <laughs> is this really bad news? I didn't even know Morbius was a thing until a month ago. I, I didn't even know. Same, bro. So. I don't think anyone really cares, honestly. <laughs> if there was like, if, it's not as big as Doctor Strange getting pushed back. Yeah. they'd push that back because yeah, of the yeah, Batman. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh no, Morbius. <laughs> no <laughs> offense if you like Morbius. Yeah, I wasn't lining up to see it anyways. These are just jokes. Yeah, we're just we're just teasing. There's there's so many superheroes. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm guessing Sony thinks they can make more money from it. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe they're filming some kind of new like post credit scene that's gonna tie to. Like Andrew Garfield or something. Maybe so. they're worried about COVID ramping up in terms of like Omicron. But I mean, Spider Man made, made a billion dollars. Four billion yeah. and still making eight million a day. Yeah, so I don't that's know. That's not the problem. I don't know if it's. I think, yeah, maybe they just want a better release. Maybe, maybe from the success of Spider Man, it made them change something. That's my guess. Maybe they're doing a reshoot. Maybe. Yellowstone, Paramount Plus's hit show, just set um, records for viewership. Its season four finale garnered 
over 10 million viewers, which is the most for a cable television show since The Walking Dead Season 8 premiere in 2017. This is a massive number because this me this is people who are like actually watching the show. It's not like a Netflix premiere with 70 million views of a movie where people watched one minute of it because that counts as a view. This is like people actually watching this show. And it's it's rare for a TV series to get this many viewers. It's pretty wild. Yeah, for cable, yeah. which is absurd. So I kind of want to get into this because people have recommended it a lot. And they just released their, their prequel series was 1883. So... Kind of want to check it out. I haven't watched it yet, but I mean, I love 10 Westerns. million people watching it. Sounds I love of, Westerns, and I love Kevin Costner. So, yeah, people tuning let's in. go. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino has written a book based on Rick Dalton, which features himself. This is a little inf- uh, interview about from him. Because in this pretext, Rick retires and moves to Hawaii, and so I go in 1998 to the Hawaii International Film Festival. <laughs> I'm there. T- Tarantino talking about himself. Roger Ebert's there. I'm seeing films, and then one of the festival people goes... Hey, is there anybody in Hawaii that you'd like to meet? You go, well, who's worth meeting here in Hawaii? Well, Don Ho's here, and this one here, and that one's there. Rick Dalton's here. Whoa, whoa, Rick Dalton? I wondered what the fuck happened to that guy. Well, he retired in 1988, and him and his wife, Francesca, they moved to Hawaii. So it sounds like... If, I hope he released it. I, re, I would definitely read a Quentin Tarantino book for sure. Yeah, that sounds fascinating to and put himself yeah. in it too. And he keeps saying that once he retires from filmmaking, he's going to be a, a novelist, which would be awesome. Oh, yeah. And a, and a playwright. What's the what's the name of that journalist from Fear and Loathing Las Vegas? What's it? What's the oh um what's that journalist's oh, name? But it's like his writing where he inserts himself into all of his articles, yeah, into yeah, all yeah. of his stories, mm-hmm. based upon his experiences. It's like uh, very meta. I like that. Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. That's Thompson. Yes. All right, that's pretty cool. I, I'm definitely gonna buy that and read the hell out of it <laughs> if it gets released. <laughs> Netflix is creating a anime series of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World from Devilman Cryberry Studio. Edgar Wright will serve as an executive producer. I think that Scott Pilgrim is still a beloved property, so it's definitely a good idea to make this an anime series. And Netflix is obviously obviously milking every anime project they can for all all they can. And I hope that it's not like um, obviously not going to be live action. It sounds like if they do an anime series. But I hope it they stay to like true to the comic book graphic novel version of the of the characters and everything because that's one of my favorite graphic novels that I have and it's awesome. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure they after the poor reception of their last few projects, um, I'm sure they're gonna be like, let's go anime with this. Nightmare Alley sets dates for black and white screenings in Los Angeles with Guillermo del Toro Q and A's, which will also be projected on film. And so this is going to be throughout the course of the next couple weeks in January. So if you're in the area, I definitely re- recommend checking this out. We're going to have to look into that. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. And yeah. especially go see Guillermo del Toro do a Q&A, which would be really cool. Absolutely. We actually just posted a review of Nightmare Alley yesterday. So if you want to see what we thought of that amazing film, go ahead and listen on all audio platforms. Wes Anderson's new film, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, is adding more incredible actors, including Rafe Fiennes, Dev Patel, and Ben Kingsley. This They already joined a cast, I think, will be headed up by Benedict Cumberbatch. Bill Murray will obviously be there. And then The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar will be a collection of short stories by, Ronald da- by Raoul Dahl. Raoul Dahl. Th- yeah. That sees Sugar, a man who gains the ability to see through objects and even into the future as he goes on many misadventures thanks to his ability ranging from being on the run from the mafia to starting an orphanage. So it'll be, it sounds like a wonderful project for Wes Anderson. Sounds like French Dispatch, but maybe a little lighter in yeah. tone and more fun. Mm-hmm. So I obviously we'll go see it in theaters. And so like, uh, this is the first time that you would have a character with like 
abilities that were like magical for or supernatural yeah. in a Wes Anderson film. Exactly. That's pretty yeah, good point. Enola Enola Holmes 2 just wrapped filming and the novel which is set to be released in August 23rd will give fans a new mystery to unravel alongside their favorite female detective as Enola investigates the kidnapping of her brother Mycroft at the hands of a group of anarchists. She'll team up with Tuxberry, a new character named Shag to solve the crime and bring her older brother to safe home safely and Kathleen is coming back as Mycroft. Henry Cavill is also coming back as Sherlock and then obviously Helen Bonham Carter Helena Bonham Carter will be back as Enola's mother as well. And some more Spider-Man news. Apparently Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire snuck into a screening of Spider-Man No Way Home and watched it with fans. No one knew who they were because they were wearing masks and baseball caps. So they were disguised and they got to experience it with a a packed theater. They didn't say which cinema they went to, but it had, it's probably— Century City. A, oh, Century City yeah. in L.A.? Oh, wow. They went with John Watts, too, the director. Oh, so cool. So And then they surprised the fans afterwards, which was really cool. Oh, they cool. came out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's um, amazing. Yeah, they just went in like plain clothes with masks and hats. Like, hey, it's two Spider-Man right there. That's the thing with the masks is like anyone can go incognito. I, no, I, I would say not anyone. Like still Leo, like you would recognize him anywhere because you've yeah. seen them. For so someone many super famous, you can recognize their eyes and nose. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I could, we spotted Timothy Oliphant and he was wearing a mask. Yeah, that's you true. know what I mean? But yeah, but he had his hair. But if someone's wearing a baseball cap, it's harder for sure. I think Leo you could still spot because yeah. like he's just the most famous person on the planet. Probably yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beavis and Butthead movie is coming this year. Creator Mike Judge reveals updated designs. <laughs> so this is going to be on Paramount+. Plus. There's no exact date yet. Uh, but the first Beavis and Butthead Do America film, which was released in 1996, <laughs> which was so funny, um, that made over $60 million worldwide. Wow. So I, I want to check this out because our we have older brothers, and they love Beavis and Butthead, and we loved it when we were kids watching it with them as well, and we thought that movie was super funny. And <laughs> I'm curious to see what the new redesign is going to look like with yeah. them. Uh, but we'll see. I'm definitely gonna check this out. That movie, well, that's a lot of money. I, that's crazy. It made I 60 am Cornholio. Cornholio. Beavis. Beavis. All right. Here's some crazy Christopher Nolan news. Josh Hartnett has been cast in a secret role in Oppenheimer, um, probably as the actual atom bomb. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he's a, he's been having a career resurgence because he's he uh, starred in the last two. Guy Ritchie films, and uh, I, I've always liked Josh Hartnett. He never really broke out as a lead actor. He, they tried Hollywood. Well, he took a break from Hollywood. Yeah, but Hollywood tried to make him a big lead, but it never worked. All of his leading films were pretty much box office failures. Well, I, I mean, he's the lead in Black Hawk Down. That's a giant ensemble. True, but that doesn't still, really count. He's still the lead, though. Yeah, but he, there's so many great actors in that. Yeah, I, 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 I think he's awesome, too. I think, yeah, yeah well, Lucky Number Slevin was cool. Yeah. I like that movie. Box Office Bomb, though. Yeah, you could probably say that. Yeah. Ant-Man 3, Bill Murray says he's playing a villain in the new Marvel movie. What? That's crazy. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> he's going to tap his superpower, so this is going to be Ant-Man in the, Wasp, in the Wasp Quantum Mania. And he just says, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> but I bet it's like a comedic bad guy. Because you could yeah. just see Bill Murray doing a serious villain in no. a Marvel movie. I don't know. No, I don't see it. It's probably... It's he's too likable. He's Bill Murray. Yeah. You know? I think it worked really well when someone like um, Robert Redford was the villain in a Captain Marvel... In a Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah. That, was, that worked really well. But I think Bill mm-hmm. Murray, like... I could never see him as like a bad, bad guy. No, that's why he never has been. Except, I mean, the only bad guy he's played is Scrooge. And then he ends up being, you know, transformed by the end of the yeah. film. You know? And uh, Ben Affleck has officially confirmed that he will be starring in The Flash, and this is his final Batman movie. He's just, like, breaking it out. It's like, no more surprises, no more secrets. Like, he's in it for sure. I My guess, like we talked about in our uh, discussion episode about The Flash, is that 
he's going to be in the first act of the film and help Barry um, transport and tele- uh, travel to a different dimension. Yeah, it's too bad. I wish we we, we never got the solo Ben Batman movie. That keeps you up at night. That does keep me up at night. We Come on, man. That's like... Uh, you wake up like, <gasps> Batman, Ben! Ben! Can you hear me in my room? Yeah. <laughs> the whole neighborhood hears you. Ben! 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 Ben Fleck. <laughs> Bad Fleck. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is the best-selling movie of 2021 on home video, despite the mis- mixed reactions and critics from critics and audiences. Sorry for all my fumbling and bumbling today, guys. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 was the best-selling film on DVD and Blu-ray for 2021 at over $30 million on that. So that's pretty Great, pretty probably, good for nowadays. Yeah, I'm sure that definitely helped because they did lose some because it was same day release as theaters. That was the first movie I think to, to it do. It never that. released in theaters. Are you sure? It was uh, it was a lockdown release on HBO was Max. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. It never went to theaters. You're right. We yeah. watched it on Christmas Day. That's yeah. right. So it was it was a it was a loss a big loss for Warner Brothers, but they marketed the hell of it. It made thirty million dollars from it, which is cool. All right, uh, that wraps movie news number thirty one. Stay tuned for some great episodes we got come this week, as well as some mini bonus reviews. I'm doing a little mini review of the best horror films of 2021, which is dropping on Wednesday. Wednesday, right? Yeah, Correct. something like that. So definitely tune into that. It's just gonna be me by myself. Which is gonna be How was fun. it? It was a good time. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, yeah. No voice cracks or nothing. <laughs> you cut them out. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. Goodbye. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses. And get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.